Well, big good morning to everybody. How you doing this morning? You all right? Doing good? This side's good. This side, not so much. So everyone's all right. Uh, I confess, me and my family just got back last week from Disney World, the good one down in Florida, not that other thing out in California. Uh, and so if you happen to see a Mickey shape starting to poke out of my stomach, I ate more Mickey-shaped food last week than you can imagine. I had Mickey-shaped waffles and Mickey ice cream bars, Mickey pretzels. I tried to order a Mickey turkey leg. They haven't made them yet. So we're still waiting for that to come. But we had an absolute blast. Uh, my wife, and then we have three girls, uh, have been a part of the Central family here for about 20 years. And, uh, but in my daytime gig, I work for a church planning group called the Timothy Initiative. And our big sort of focus right now is in the next decade, we're trying to put a church in every village on the planet that doesn't have about 5 million total villages on the planet. So that's what I'm working on on any given day. So my name is Dustin Hoffman. Jeff was preaching at a wedding last night, and so he said, will you fill in for me this weekend? So you're stuck with me. And uh, if I'm being really honest, I've been asking myself all week, if I was in your chair, uh, why would I listen today, right? I mean, we don't know each other. Most of us don't, at least, right? So why on earth would I ever listen to this, you know, 40-something bald guy this morning? There's this old sage pastor who always used to say, every time someone leaves my office, I want them floating on a cloud because they're that encouraged, right? Every time someone leaves my office, I want them floating. Well, I know for sure I do not have what it takes to get any of us floating as we leave today, but I do think that the Word of God does have what it takes to get us floating on a cloud. You with me? So let's turn our attention for 30 minutes to the Word of God and see if we're not all levitating as we leave the doors this morning. If you've been with us for a while, you know we've been in this long series uh, through the Gospel of John, and we've made our way to John chapter 8. And our passage for this morning is sandwiched between two stories that set up the question. If you want to open your Bibles uh, to John 8, you'll notice that John 8 opens with the story of some religious people. And they, they have an adulterous woman in tow, and they sort of throw her at Jesus' feet. And they say, Jesus, look what she did. Look what she did. She just had sex with someone who wasn't her husband. The question sits underneath that story. On the other side of the sandwich, a couple stories later, we get introduced to this group of folks who are, are also a religious group. And Jesus is trying to teach when one of them raises their hand and interrupts Jesus and says, Jesus, just time out. I got to make sure you know that we were born on the right side of the tracks. We have the right heritage. We are Abraham's descendants. Those people... They have the wrong heritage. The question sits underneath that story. So to dive into the question this morning, meet me in our key verse, John 8, verse 12. John 8, verse 12 says this. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light of life. Sandwiched here between those two stories is the question. Are you ready for it? 
who can be in and who's out. Who can be in God's family and who's out. See, the question of who can be in and who's out is one of the questions the rest of the entire New Testament will wrestle with. And answering the question begins with understanding the setting. You know this because you read books or you watch movies. If you take any story outside of its setting, it gets real confusing real fast, right? Take Frodo out of the Shire, take Harry out of Hogwarts, and everything gets real confusing, right? So to get the answer, we've got to start with the setting. So when John 8 opens, story of the adulterous woman, what's the setting? If your eyes are in your scriptures, look at verse 2. John 8, 2 says this. Early the next morning, Jesus was back at the temple. The temple. So when Jesus gives this sort of famous phrase that many of us in here have heard a thousand times, I am the light of the world, when he says those iconic words, he is sitting at the temple. Now last week, we unpacked seven of the different festivals that the Jews were a part of. And one of those festivals is going on when Jesus speaks those words, the Feast of Tabernacles. So get the setting here in your mind. At the Feast of Tabernacles, there was these hanging bowls of oil. Scholars tell us about 16 of these hanging bowls of oil with wicks sitting out of them. We're about ready to be lit at this festival. The best I can get you from that age to 2021 here is picture sort of like floating tiki torches on your back deck at home, right? That's the best I got. And so they're getting ready to light these floating tiki torches as a sign of celebration. And you'll never believe what they did next. They would dance. Time out, Dusty, aren't we Baptists? Yeah, it's okay. They would dance, I swear. So, so picture this, right? At the, at the temple, the very place the religious people would come to meet with the great I am, at that place, they would light tiki torches and bust a move. That's what they did. You got the setting in your brain yet? Now, this dance of lights was exclusive. It was only for the Jews. So Jesus is at the temple, tiki torches full of oil, people getting ready to bust a move at the exclusive dance club, and then the good religious, buttoned up, I come to church every weekend, people show up, and, and the Jews hear Jesus say, I am the light, and they think, yeah, you are, our light, our dance. And had Jesus finished the sentence, I am the light of the temple, they'd have said, you got that right, our temple, our dance. And had Jesus finished the sentence, I am the light of the Jews, they'd have high-fived and said, cue the DJ. And then Jesus finishes the sentence, I am the light of the world. Forks drop, somebody coughed, party foul. <laughs> you can see the eyes start darting back and forth. Did, did he just say he's the light of the world? Of, of, of everyone? Jews and 
filthy non-Jews? Who can be in and who's out? When Jesus said, I am the light of the world, the word he used for the world, the word world is the Greek word cosmos. Cosmos. It means a variety of things, but I want to focus on the one that the writer John seems to care about most in his gospel. Cosmos simply means all humanity. So when you hear that word cosmos, you can sort of picture in your mind eye, mind's eye something like this. Or, you'd be equally accurate to picture in your mind's eye when you hear the word cosmos, something like this. Masses of people. Or, when you hear cosmos, you might picture this. See, when Jesus says, I am the light of the cosmos. He has in his mind every human who's lived ever. Cosmos means all humanity. John 1, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the cosmos of all humanity. John 4, we believe this is the Christ, the Savior of the cosmos. John 6, I am the bread of life who gives life to the cosmos. And John 3, 16, for God so loved the cosmos that he gave his only son. See, cosmos means all humanity. So, the question is, who can be in? Answer, everyone. There is room in this big, big gospel for everyone. Young people and old people. This is going to get a little controversial. Vikings and cougars. Jackrabbits and coyotes. Businesswomen and homeless men. Republicans and Democrats and Libertarians and Socialists. Straight people and LGBTQ people, hearing people and deaf people, seeing people and blind people, people from Ethiopia and Eastside Sioux Falls, rich, poor, tall, gay, straight, Latino, black, white, Asian. Who can be in? Answer, everyone. I am the light of the cosmos. Are you with me? There's room for everyone in this big Big gospel. Now, I told you we just got back from Disney World. I'm a dad of three girls. So Disney reigns supreme in entertainment in our house. I don't know if it's cool if, as cool if you're a dad of sons. Maybe someone can come up and tell me at the end. But certainly when you have a dad of three princesses at your own house, it is, it's number one, right? When my girls were little, we used to be out driving about, uh, you know, here in Sioux Falls, grabbing our, our, our groceries or errands or whatever, and I'd hear a little voice in the back of my Toyota Corolla say, Dad, tell us a Disney story. Um, so I'd give them my best Disney 
stories, my, be, my best dad version of them. They weren't great. Uh, sometime I'd have like, I don't know, Cinderella marrying Rapunzel's prince. You get in big trouble for that, just so you know. The seven dwarves, right, would come out like happy, sleepy, dopey, who's it, what's it, flims and flams it, and doc, right? Like, so I'd, I'd get it partially correct. So I was really excited one day when we were on our way to Walmart to grab groceries. Three girls are in the back, and I hear him say, Dad, tell us the Lion King. And I was like, yes, I got this one. Boy story, boy lion, I'm going to nail it, right? So I start. Once upon a time, girls, there was a strong King Lion, and he ruled in a great garden called the pride lands. And the king said to his son, Simba, everything the light touches is our kingdom. I'm going to have James Earl Jones' voice when I get to heaven. Right now, I kind of have a high squeaky thing going on. My resurrected body, I'm going to have James Earl Jones' voice. So Simba, everything the light touches is our kingdom. And, and, and the sun lion and his dad, when they were on the throne at Pride Rock, there was room for all kinds of animals at the throne, right? The gazelles came and danced, and the monkeys and the zebras, and all was right, all was warm, nothing but light. But girls, there was an enemy in the garden, the evil Uncle Scar. And Scar chased away the sun lion to the far country. And Scar ascended the throne, and when he did, he brought with him darkness and, and, and famine and hyenas that sounded like Whoopi Goldberg. Nobody wants that. <laughs> but girls, one day, ah, but one day, the sun lion came back from the far country. He sang a little ditty about Hakuna Matata, but Simba came back. And when Simba retook control of the throne at Pride Rock, he destroyed the work of the evil usurper Scar. And when he was back on the throne, there was again room in the dance around Pride Rock for all of the animals. All was right. All was warm, nothing but light, the end. So we're in the parking lot at Walmart now. And all of a sudden, I look up in the rearview mirror, and I see tears running down my face. And I'm like, what, what's wrong with me? I'm a 40-year-old guy crying about a Disney story in the Walmart park, parking lot. Have I lost all my testosterone? <laughs> and then it hit me. It's the gospel. It's John 8. Listen again. Once upon a time, there was a great garden called Eden, and it was ruled by a strong king. And the king said, let there be light. And everything the light touched was his kingdom. When the king sat on the throne of human hearts, there was room for all kinds of people to gather in the dance around his throne. All was right, all was warm, nothing but light. But there was an enemy in the garden, the evil Uncle Lucifer. 
And when Lucifer ascended the throne of human hearts, he brought with him famine and darkness and genocide and cancer and greed and and pandemics and sexual affairs, and he brought it all to these pride lands. But, ah, but one day, the sun would return from the far country He sang no ditty about Hakuna Matata, but Jesus came back. And he was willing to fight and die for his kingdom. And one day he'll return again, finally to take the throne. And when he sits on the throne, there'll be room for all kinds of people to join back in the dance of light, scattered around his throne. All will be warm, all will be right, nothing but light, the end. Can I get an amen? It's the gospel. See, the question is, who can be in? And John 8 and the Lion King answer a resounding, everyone has room in the dance of light. So, this idea that God somehow made a way for me and all humanity and you and suckers like me and you to be in the dance, that idea is absolutely breathtaking. It's more breathtaking to me as a 40-year-old than it was when I was 12 and I first heard it. I've never gotten tired of marveling and wondering at this big, big gospel that somehow made a way for me. It's breathtaking. But... This same scripture that takes our breath away is also intended to be a knife that cuts us to our core. Here's the knife. When the adulterous woman is caught, who says, well, she's out? It's the religious people. When Abraham's descendants exclude people based on heritage, who is doing the excluding? The religious people. When they're sitting at the temple, who bristles at the thought of Jesus being the light of the world? The religious people. So could it be that you and I are just like these religious people. Have we decided who gets to be in and who has to be out? If we inserted ourselves in the story, if we held up a mirror, we might see ourselves in the religious people. See, when I said earlier that Democrats can be in, some of us bristled. When I said that there's a spot in this big, big gospel for LGBTQ people, some of us bristled. But the same gospel that made room for you is the same gospel that makes room for those people. It's the same gospel. 
See, men and women, when we pick and choose who gets to hear the gospel, you know what's really going on in our hearts? If we were able to like take a scalpel, cut back a couple layers of flesh and just peek into Dusty's heart, do you know what you would see in my heart? You would see this attitude that says, I love me a heck of a lot more than I love you. That's the darkness in Dusty, in you, that the gospel has to cut out daily. The darkness shows up in our everyday lives in different ways. Maybe you recognize yourself in some of these statements. I would rather my coworker never know about Christ than risk straining our work relationship. I would rather stay comfortable and you perish forever than risk an awkward conversation. I'm more concerned about my reputation than your eternity. See, all of those have at their core heart attitude, I love me more than I love you. And without ever realizing it, we see staring back at us in that mirror a religious person who looks a whole lot like the people the rich spoiled elites the night Titanic sunk. People who are sitting safe and warm in this lifeboat called Central Church rescued. While thousands of drowning people die and they're swimming frantically in icy waters around us. And we say to them, we will not make room for you in these lifeboats. I'm happy enough I'm rescued. We can't be that church. Because we have a big, big gospel. Who have you decided in your heart, this person's out? In what ways do you love you more than you love the lost? Now, for our sports fans who are keeping track, you're like, Dusty, you started saying this was going to be massively encouraging. I, you said I was going to be floating on a cloud. I don't feel very floaty right now. It's okay. It's okay. See, the same scripture in John 8 that cuts us as a knife to deal with that stuff inside, that same scripture doesn't leave us bloody and exposed. It gets us to our rescuer. So let's go to the Savior. One last time, John 8, 12. Jesus spoke and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to stay in darkness. I wonder if you can hear the big, big gospel for you and for me yet. See, somehow, some way, when I was excluding other sinners, Jesus included this sinner. How did he do that? Some way, somehow, when my own sin and my own garbage kept me away from God's presence at the temple, Jesus went to the cross and said, no, you will not be far away. I have made room for even you, Dusty. Come join the dance of lights forever. That's the gospel. And the more you stay,
stare at this gospel, the more you marvel and wonder at what Jesus has done for you, you won't be able to stop yourself from talking about it. That's the way it works. I tell everyone I know to go to Qdoba, not Chipotle. Why? Because I've tasted the Qdoba's 6,000 times better than Chipotle. I taste Qdoba, I tell you about Qdoba. You taste the gospel and you're going to talk about the gospel. It's the way it works. So the question is, who can be in? And surrounded by these oil-lit tiki torches and dancing at the temple, Jesus says everyone can be in who repents and believes the good news of the gospel. Now, we get to the fun part, the floating on the cloud part. See, I want you to leave so motivated by what God is doing here in the greater Sioux Falls area and around the world that you want to go out of here and marvel at the gospel for you and then share that gospel with someone else this week. Not later. This is the week to do it. And so we're going to close with a few snapshots that I think will hopefully get us to the place of floating on a cloud by answering what is Jesus doing here in Sioux Falls, Harrisburg, T, etc., and around the world to bring others back to the dance of the lights. So here we go. In the past year, two websites, IamSecond.com and EveryStudent.com, have combined to share the gospel with over 100 million people. That's over 1% of the world's population. So what that means for us locally here is that over 2,000 folks in the greater Sioux Falls area have logged on to one of those two websites because they want to have more information about Jesus. Do you think your coworkers and neighbors are asking spiritual questions? See, God is moving. I mentioned that I work for the Timothy Initiative, or TTI. Well, on average, we can plan a church in TTI for about $333 on average. Well, during COVID, just, you know, started whatever, 15, 16 months ago, since the start of COVID, the Lord has used TTI, our little teeny tiny part of the body of Christ, to plant over 17,000 new churches during a global pandemic. Yeah, you can clap. We have a video in TTI that says every 40 minutes, God plants a new church through TTI. The problem, the video is a lie now. It's happening every 33 minutes and it's getting faster by the day. Central and TTI are working together to plant churches in that country we all care so much about in Ethiopia. And to date, we've already planted, just in the last eight months, 86 new house churches and seen over 2,785 people come to Christ. That's a big, big gospel. Are you with me? See, a gospel that a teenager can log onto on a website in Harrisburg that can also be understood a continent away in Ethiopia, that's a big message God's given us. What about translating the Bible? 
you went to Google, you'd find out that right now there's roughly 3,832 languages left in the world without a single verse of Scripture in their language. Can you imagine trying to understand today's message if it were in Russian? Okay, that's the reality for groups of people from 3,832 languages. Well, just a couple years ago, a group of Bible translation ministries formed a partnership called Illuminations. Don't you love it when the body of Christ checks egos and logos at the door and says, let's just get the job done together? Who cares who gets the credit? So these 10 large ministries got together, formed this, this partnership called Illuminations, and that group has committed, get this, to finishing all of the world's translation needs of the scriptures by the year 2033. The person is alive today who will pen the final translation of the Bible. Of all the breathtaking things Jesus is doing, here's my personal favorite. Missionologists who are uh, way smarter than me and study these things all the time, they tell us that there's about 12,000 people groups on the planet. So if Jesus is the light of the world, of all 12,000 people groups, all 12,000 nations, what's the scoreboard? How are we doing at go make disciples of all nations, of all 12,000 people groups? Well, by 2005, the, uh, the, the scoreboard would have showed that we had made disciples in 8,723 People groups. That's the first green dot there. So get this. It took us 2,000 years to get the job two-thirds done. But for whatever reason, you'll notice in 2005, that first green dot, God began accelerating the Great Commission to the point where I can now stand before you and tell you that you can fly over every mountain and cross every river, and you will find disciples in 11,840-some-odd people groups. There's only 159 left to go. Never been closer to the finish line of go make disciples of all nations. I got to channel my inner Jeff Wheeler for a moment. If he were up here, he might say, men and women, Central family, we're on the one yard line. We're two feet from home plate. And LeBron has just released the buzzer beating game winning shot. Now we're just waiting for it to go in. We've never been closer to the finish line of go make disciples of all nations. The week before we went to Disney World, I was out in the hallway at our TTI office here in uh, Sioux Falls, and I was visiting with our janitor, and we had connected over the last couple months. I'd run her out a cup of coffee here and there, and we'd get to know each other. She just started uh, working at our, our office complex, and she, I was asking her a little bit more about her life, and she was telling me, and she said, yeah, I have another job, and I work at a pet store in town, but it gets a little weird, because sometimes in the morning, they make us do these readings about God. And I'm like, oh, is she talking about devotionals? Like, I, I was trying to figure out what she's talking about. She goes, yeah, but the problem is I don't ever understand them. I know nothing about God. I can't understand what they're saying. And I said, well, well, I'd love to tell you sort of how I began a relationship with God. Here's a little bit about my story. So I just shared my story with her for a few minutes. And at the end, I said, you know, would, would you ever want to pray and receive Jesus as your personal Savior? And right there in the hallway at my office complex, my janitor prayed to receive Christ. 
See, we have a big, big gospel that makes room for janitors and for Bible translation and for unreached people groups and for coworkers and for family members. And I want to close with giving you just a few snapshots of how God is using this central family to invite others back to the dance of light. Enjoy this. My name is Harper Hoffman, and I'm a sixth grader at Memorial Middle School. A few months ago, I wanted to tell one of my friends at school about God. She told me once that she prayed, but she didn't know what or who she was praying to. When COVID came, my friend wasn't able to leave her house for a whole year, so I sent her this text. Hey, I just wanted you to know that I love you, and Jesus loves you too. Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and he died a painful death so that you and I could live in heaven forever. If you are sent to hell, you will become a victim to Satan. Please accept Jesus into your heart. I just wanted you to know that you are loved by me and the Lord. This was very meaningful for me because I was very nervous to do it. I didn't know if it would change our friendship or my reputation. Unfortunately, my friend did not become a Christian, but that's one of the great things about God. He gives us the choice of free will. Hi, I wanted to share a story of a good friend of mine, Brian, and Brian's family, who is a, it's a deaf family. And my wife and I had been praying for Brian and his family that they would know Jesus. And one day I had an opportunity to share the gospel with Brian. And Brian realized his need for Christ in his life and became saved. A few years went down the way, and he decided to really dedicate his life to the Lord. And his wife, Jenny, became saved also. And now they have children that weren't saved yet. And so we discussed what we could do more. And Brian and his wife, Jenny, <clears throat> had asked what we could do. And I said, well, if you want, I can come over and teach your children at your house. And they were willing to let me come do that. So I would come and teach their children. And the two oldest children the two oldest daughters became saved also. And then three weeks later, the third daughter became saved because they saw that changed life in, those, in their parents and were touched from that. And now the two oldest are teenagers and they're involved in our Wednesday night youth group here at Central and they've continued to learn. You know, often I get asked, do you wish you could hear again? And I always tell them, no, I prefer to be deaf. And the reason for that is that then I have the ability to share the gospel with my community. And it's a lot easier to share it in their own language. 
So, you know, in the Bible, in Isaiah 29, 18, the verse says that in that day, the deaf shall hear the words of the book. And while we're here on earth, us deaf are seeing that through sign language. But when we get to heaven, we will hear it all. Hello, Central Trust. Greetings from Africa, where you're working to plant 192 churches in Ethiopia. My name is Juliette. I want to take you right to the heart of one of the places you have planted a church. Our story begins at the house of a witch doctor in Ethiopia. Bottles with different liquids and chicken feathers lay on the bamboo-covered floor. Mamito and her husband had gone to the local witch doctor's house again. This time, it was to seek restoration of the harvest that was destroyed after a heavy downpour. I understand that there in South Dakota, you have many farmers too, so you know how devastating it was for Mamito and her husband to lose the entire harvest. Every time they had visited the witch doctor, they would do whatever he ordered, but never saw any results. The witch doctor turned to Mamitu and gave his solution. The only way to have a healthy harvest next year is for your husband to become a witch doctor too. Mamitu and her husband felt that the cost was too high and they went about finding another solution. Mamitu confided in a relative, a TTI-trained disciple-maker, who shared that Jesus alone had the power over nature and could help with her harvest. She shared the gospel with Mamitu and invited her to the church planted by TTI in her village. At the church, Mamitu accepted Christ and became a part of the new church plant. It was in this church that she fell in love with Jesus a church she will share her heartaches with other believers and return home lighter than when she arrived. One day, her husband Josephine came with her to a prayer meeting and felt a weight lift from his heart. Josephine had been rejecting God for so long. He was moved that God will give him grace and peace even though he had refused to accept Christ for so long. He gave his life to Christ in that exact moment. Today, Mamitu and Tosfai as being discipled in the TTI Church Central has helped to start. They are being discipled to become disciples who make disciples who make disciples rather than dormant Christians. As of today, God has used the Central Church and TTI partnership to plant and grow 86 new churches in Ethiopia, filled with 2,785 new believers. My name is Juliette, and the gospel is for all the nations. name is David, and the gospel is for all languages. My name is Harper, and the gospel is for all ages. <laughs> Would you join me in thanking these guys? Yes.
So you're getting the picture? All ages, all languages, and all nations. It's a big, big gospel. But you'll notice we sat an empty chair on purpose. See, this big, big gospel lives inside of you. And there's room in this big, big gospel for your story. Picture yourself in this chair next week sharing about that coworker that you lead to Christ this week. Or picture yourself sitting right here next week sharing about that family member that you were finally able to share your story with. Been praying for that family member for years. And see, every person God uses you to lead to faith will join in the dance of lights forever. You'll notice in your white worship program, there's a five-day prayer guide to help you apply today's message. So feel free to take that, stick it somewhere where you'll see it this week and pray through that this week. Second announcement, um, we got some special guests with us here this week. Rodney and Tracy Wright of the Ministries Pure Desire are waiting for you as you head out the doors with their book, How to Talk to Your Kids About Sex. We want to help you have the conversation about the birds and the bees, right? So go ahead and grab their book or visit with them on your way out. So as we head out today, your assignment is to go out, marvel and wonder at this big, big gospel that saved you. And as you do, tell someone else this week, okay? God bless you. Have a great week. We love you guys.